0: grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You may be seated. We are looking at the chapter in the Bible from 1 Peter chapter 4. And uh, we have these verses, 10 and 11, for us today. As each has received a gift... Belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We've got to talk about this as good stewards of God's varied grace. Everything in your life can be a means of God's grace, a bucket that carries God's grace to others. And if you'll receive that gift of grace, those gifts of the Spirit, and then use them as God intends. So we're in 1 Peter chapter 4, and we've seen that his whole letter is addressed to Christians who are in the midst of suffering and opposition. We've acknowledged that there are all kinds of different reasons for suffering. Sometimes we choose suffering, sometimes it chooses us. Sometimes we make decisions that lead to suffering. Sometimes only God knows why. Peter reminds us that what is most important is how we respond to suffering, and that is by serving. Therefore, in our suffering, we're encouraged through the power of Christ living in us to be self-controlled, sober-minded, and talk to God, which is the best place to verbally process our feelings. And in our suffering, we can easily tend to become selfish or self-centered, also withdrawn. Therefore, we're encouraged, remember, to practice hospitality, which is inviting people into our lives and into our relationships. We make sure that Love covers the multitude of sins. That is, we deal with the sins of our brothers and sisters in Christ in a private and forgiving way. And this all leads then to verse 10, where Peter reminds us that even though we may be in a season of suffering, God is still the giver of gifts. And we should receive those gifts and use them to glorify him and this we call stewardship and stewardship is huge in the midst of an encouraging letter to those suffering peter reminds us of stewardship as each has received a gift use it to serve one another as good stewards of god's varied grace peter distinguishes between the owner And the steward of your life and everything in it. Including all the experiences, all the relationships, everything. Your life. Who's the owner? God is. And yet hardly anyone believes this these days. Your life is God's. He made you. And everything else. He made everything else. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, including you. Yes, you have a sinful and rebellious nature, but God in his mercy has drawn you to himself. You heard that. Sent his son to redeem you. Literally means he bought you back with his own precious blood. So you are twice his. No ifs, ands, or buts. God owns you. You belong to him. Now, practically, what does that mean? Your money is God's money. Your relationships are God's relationships. He's the owner. You are the steward. Therefore, you need to do what the owner asks you to do with that which he has entrusted to you and i'll give you some examples how many of you have your money in a bank think about it you got your money in a bank is the bank the owner or the steward the steward and you want the bank to keep this relationship straight You don't want to put your money in the bank and then come back and say, you know what, I've decided that I want to get a new car, so I need some cash. And they're like, well, actually the person in charge of your account, Susie, she's really had a rough time lately and she's been spending a lot of time at the casino and she couldn't make her rent, so she looked into your account and said, hey, I've been in charge of this money for a while, it's kind of mine too. And so she borrowed some forever. And you would say, no, 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 she can't do that. That's my money. She can't take it, that's stealing. Okay, so let's say you've got a mechanic. You drop off your car to get fixed, maybe it was in an accident. Is the mechanic the owner? or the steward, the steward, right? What if they fix the car, you show up a week later, you're like, where's my car? They say, well, we got it all running, it's all back together, it's working awesome. Matter of fact, Tony took it for a test drive, but he never came back. Last we heard, he's in Las Vegas, sent us a text, thanks for the car. You'd say, no, 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 you can't do that. That's my car. See, what we do all the time is we own things and then we entrust others to steward those resources. Think about it. All the things you pay other people to do for you. Watch your kids, clean your house, invest your savings. All. But if they don't steward them in the way that we assign them, then they're going to be judged. And there is consequences for their their failure to obey what the owner has asked. I'll ask again. Who's the owner of your life? God is. And I believe this is ultimately why a lot of people do not fully embrace the Christian faith it's not that they don't like the idea of having their sins forgiven they love that idea it's that they don't like the idea that their life belongs to God I don't mind that God picks up my tab but I do mind when God takes over my life and that's why Jesus is Savior He saves us, remember, from our own sinful self and those desires, which ultimately, when you think about it, really want to be our own God. Right? First commandment. Why? You shall have no other God before me. I'm talking about you and yourself, too. We say that's easy. I don't worship any other gods. Yeah, you do. When you act like everything belongs to you. So, who's on the throne of your life? Who's ultimately calling the shots? God is the owner. We are the stewards. And what this practically means is your money belongs to God. So, you got to ask God, okay, God. How much do you want me to keep? How much of your money do you want me to keep? Not how much of my money should I give you? This is the difference between ownership and stewardship in your finances. If it's my money, how much do I got to give God? God's like, no, 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 that's my money. How much do you want to keep? Think about it, your marriage, that's God's marriage. He arranged the two of you to meet. Think about your family, that's God's family. He worked the miracle of birth in your life and gave you a small but fun part in the process. Your company that you own, that's God's company your days your time that's God's and don't forget your suffering that's God's too and you're ministering you're serving that's God's too stewardship and this mindset of steward means when you are suffering I put it in the context of the letter when we remember who owns us who we belong to and that we are stewards when we remember this in the midst of our suffering it will keep you from sin and selfishness and it'll put you in the spirit of serving and i'm going to give you four examples this is the question of who is the owner And who is the steward of my life? And here's four examples of what people believe today. And we're going to meet these people in our lives. Number one, the godless view of stewardship is I'm the owner and the steward of my life. So God's not even in the picture. Self-made, independent, my life my money, my career. It's just mine. I do what I want with my life. That's godless. In other words, no God in the picture. There's actually no consideration of God whatsoever. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Or, they make themselves their God. And you're going to meet these people and you're gonna do life with these people and you can say to them I understand where you're coming from but I believe that God is the owner of my life and let me tell you why I believe that the second example is I am the owner and God is the steward this is the selfish christian and out of this kind of thinking we get the prosperity and health and wealth preaching which is silly and wrong and it's kind of like this god it's my life you should make me healthy you should make me wealthy You should make me successful. I prayed in faith. I sowed a seed in time. Now you are obligated to do what I tell you to do to make my life into what I want it to be. And you know if you've got this attitude when you get frustrated and disappointed and angry with God. God, I prayed Why didn't you do your job? Why are you not blessing me the way you are blessing others? It's not that we are on a throne and God exists to give us the vision of our life. It is that God is on the throne and he gives us the vision for his life lived through us. And so much of Western psycholog- psychological Christianity is literally God exists to give you glory. No, 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 no. You exist to give God glory. That's, why the, that's what the Bible teaches. How did some people mess this up? Another example is God is the owner and the steward. And we'd call this the lazy Christian. Yeah, God's in charge, and I don't need to do anything. He'll figure it out. I hear this sometimes even among pastors. Well, if God wants to grow the church, he can grow it. I'm like, wait a minute. That's why you're there. That's like a farmer saying, well, if God wants crops, he can plant them and harvest them. Get up. Get to work. That's why you're here. You are part of the means to his ends. This would be as silly, think of it, as a parent saying, well, if God wants my kids to be godly, I'm sure that he'll take care of it. You're the parent. That's what you're here for. God works for you, in you, and through you. You're part of the means of him accomplishing his will. And ultimately, the lazy Christian just says, Well, God will figure it out. Not my responsibility. Sure. God will figure things out. But that doesn't give you license to sit back and do nothing. Our effort is not so that he would save us. Our effort and our good works are because he has saved us. And he calls us to bring the good news of his salvation to others. So he can save them. That's so he calls us stewards. And what a privilege and what an honor to be managers of God's goodness and his grace. And finally, the godly view is that God is the owner and I am the steward. That God is the owner. I am the steward. And Jesus spoke lots of parables on this. So, when we get money, it's like, Lord, what do you want me to do with your money? We get a marriage. God, what do you want me to do with your son and daughter, whom I'm privileged to be married to? When we get kids, okay, God, what do you want me to do with each of these children that are ultimately yours? When we get a job, Okay, thank you, Lord. How can I honor you in this job? Okay. I now own a company. God has blessed me. Lord, this is your company. What do you want me to do with your company? Maybe you've got time. Okay, Lord. What do you what do you want me to do with your time? And then Maybe you've got some suffering in your life or a burden you're bearing, which we all seem to have. Lord, what do you want me to do with this pain and this hurt that belongs ultimately to you? I don't want to waste it. I want to be a good manager of it, a good steward. I want to invest it. How can I become more like Jesus And who can I help to learn more about Jesus? The Christian and the non-Christian, get this, will go through the exact same experience with a completely different perspective. And when we view God as the owner and us as the managers or stewards, then life takes on a whole new meaning. And as a result, the Christian has hope and joy. If you can reduce the suffering in your life, please do so. That would be good, steward. But invariably, it's going to come. And when it does, I need you to know what to do with it and to know what not to do with it. So manage your life, the life that God has given you, the life that he owns, manage it To his glory. And listen to your Savior's words. You heard them in the gospel. I've come down from heaven. Not to do my will. But the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me. That I should lose nothing of all that he has given me but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. I, for one, am so thankful that Jesus was the perfect steward of God's love and his will. He could have been selfish. He could have lived for himself and saved himself. But he didn't because his purpose was to save us. He did what we could not do. He lived the perfect life in our place. And he died the death that we were supposed to because of our sin. And as a result, we are forgiven and we are saved and we will rise to new life on the last day. And we even now in this life have been given a life to be managed to the glory of God. Not so that God would save us, that he already has done, but so that others might be saved. As each has received a gift use it to serve one another as good good stewards of God's varied grace whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God that's God's Word whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in in order that in everything God might be glorified through Jesus Christ so what a privilege and an honor to be god's stewards of his grace in various forms amen